Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show.
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Good evening, wherever you are in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. This radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B's Media Production Studio in the great state of North Carolina. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just grateful for the privilege they bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air tonight, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or my special guests on this radio show, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Or you can give me a call Stevie B's Mid-Production Studio at 910-491-640. Zero five. Now, again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on What a Word from the Lord radio show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in the word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day and placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my special guest speaker on the broadcast, Joe Wiggins, and my co-host, Lou Gilbert, as they break unto us, our listeners, the bread of life. And we also ask your blessing upon my special guest in the community corner, Kevin Moore, as he serves our community as well with his various talents and gifts to uplift our neighbors. We pray that you would bless them and their families that support their efforts as well. Father, we pray that you would bless our listeners who are tuning in to this radio show brought via Blog Talk Radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they may consider their eternal stance before you, and that their hearts may be pricked, as they will, and it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We are just so grateful for his precious sacrifice on Calvary's cross. For without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask that you will forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of your will. Father, we pray that you will continue to bless us and keep us and love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful until death, Father, we pray that you will save us. For it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to the broadcast this evening. In the first segment, my special guest speaker is Joe Wiggins. Now, Joe was on the show on last Tuesday night, but due to the technical difficulty that I was having with that particular show, we did not publish that show on any of the musical platforms. My show was cut short because of the uh, technical issues we was having. So Joe agreed to come back this week and do another lesson.
evangelist and elder for the Northeast Church of Christ in San Antonio, Texas. And Joe was also one of my co-hosts when I first started doing radio back in 2016 with the production Five Guys in the Bible radio show here on Blog Talk Radio. So we certainly appreciate Joe for joining us on the show this evening. Also in the community corner, my special guest is Kevin Moore. He where he does work with the wellness company called Network of Winners from Selma, North Carolina. He also serves with the Selma uh, Church of Christ there in Selma, North Carolina. Certainly appreciate him joining us in the community corner. And to close out the show, my co-host Lou Gilbert. He serves as the evangelist for the Overbrook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And he'll be making this proclamation of the gospel of Christ to close out the show. So open up your Bibles and open your minds. And after the break, the next one should be that of my special guest speaker, Joe Wiggins. Enjoy the show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Will you forgive me? For I've done wrong. And will you accept me, Jesus, as I kneel at your throne, dear Lord, and all of my brothers, he will always criticize and accuse, yes, he will, but I know that my Jesus, he will make me You're my God, I'm thankful 
What a word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my special guest speaker, Joe Wiggins, and his subject, 
the gospel, the pandemic, and you. Thank you so much, Stevie. It is great to be with you and your audience today. We did have technical difficulties last week, and I appreciate the opportunity to come back and proclaim this message to you and your listeners. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you may be listening to this broadcast all around the world. We are so very thankful to have you here with us. I send you greetings from the Northeast Church of Christ in San Antonio, Texas, along with my fellow elders, Daryl Davis and Jim Nelson, and my co-minister, Sean Price. We are very eager and thankful to reach out to you and anyone that we could be of help or service to in your spiritual walk and your spiritual search. As Stevie mentioned, the lesson is titled, The Gospel, the Pandemic, and You. I want to tie these three things together because I believe that they are closely related. Many of us know that the pandemic has changed many things in our lives. I, for example, have lost friends and lost relatives to COVID-19. I have known of many people uh, that have gotten sick from it, and some have even had to be in the hospital. And we have all lived with and are still living with the shortages sometimes that we have seen in our daily lives, just the daily things we use every day and some things that we're kind of surprised that they have become become short. But the pandemic can be something good for us as well because many have taken a second look at their view of God and their relationship with him. And if you take this time to rethink your relationship with God, if it's because of the pandemic, this can be a good thing. And this is what's behind our lesson today. So today we will take a closer look at just what the gospel really is, how the pandemic has affected our day-to-day dealings with all things spiritual, and how all of this can tie together, and if you will use it, it can be a blessing for you. So first of all, let's talk about the gospel. What is it? The gospel is a word that's tossed around a lot. We, we hear it sometimes. People will say that's the gospel truth as if they are trying to add credence or credibility to something they're saying, or somebody will say that is the gospel, but really what is the gospel? Well, quite simply, it is God's plan and desire to once again have a close relationship with all men and women. Now, he started this out in the Garden of Eden. If you'll remember back in Genesis, God walked with man, but sin came along and separated Adam and Eve from God, and the transgressions continue to mount and grow larger and larger. In fact, by Exodus chapter 3, we see that Moses was even afraid to look at God. So this is an indication of just how far we have fallen away from God, and this affects all of us. No one is excluded from this. Some people may think, well, I'm not a sinner or I haven't committed any sins, but this is in contradiction with what the gospel tells us. In Romans 3:23, Paul writes to the church in Rome. He says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So he was including himself in that proclamation that he as an apostle was also a sinner. So sin, if you look at it as the great equalizer, it means that we are all in the same condition. We're all in the same boat. And the good thing about this is God wants to be with us again. But sin must be removed in order for that to happen. God really does want to go back to the kind of relationship he had with Adam and Eve when he walked with his people daily. And if you read the proclamations and the declarations about what heaven is going to be like, that's exactly what God will establish with us after we have been taken up to heaven through Jesus, 
and his body and his blood. In fact, Jesus is, in fact, the way that we learn through the scriptures on how to remove this sin. In Matthew 1, in verse 21, Joseph was told that Jesus would, in fact, be someone special. We read in Matthew 1:21 that she, Mary, will give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The word Jesus itself comes from a word which means the Lord saves. So Jesus, even before he became, even before he was born, was designed and proclaimed to be the Savior of all mankind. There are so many numerous references to Jesus or Emmanuel or the Messiah or the Chosen One or the Son. There are so many adjectives that are used to describe him in prophecies in the Old Testament. And Jesus, when he came to this world, and lived his life, he became the fulfillment of God's promise in the Old Testament to bring deliverance and salvation to his people. So then we see that Jesus is our path to salvation. And Jesus started referring to this early on in his ministry. For example, in Mark chapter 2 and verse 17, Jesus was assembled among a group of people and they were criticizing him because Jesus would associate with sinners. You know, he, he didn't hang around with the elites who thought they were better than everyone else. And Jesus was criticized for this. And we read in Mark chapter 2 and verse 17, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus made it ultimately clear to all of us and continued to be proclaimed all throughout his ministry and all throughout the early history of the church that Jesus was the way for mankind to be saved. In fact, when Peter was talking to thousands upon thousands of people on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, he told them that you are guilty of shedding the blood of Jesus. Many of the people that were assembled there were probably standing outside of Pilate's house that night when Pilate brought Jesus and Barabbas out to in front of the people because Pilate didn't want to kill Jesus. He wanted thinking that, you know, I'll bring somebody really, really bad out there like Barabbas and they'll say, you know, uh, Jesus isn't such a bad guy. Let's let him go. But un unfortunately, the people turned on him, and they yelled out, and they screamed out, crucify him, crucify him. So Pilate, because of their proclamation, sent Jesus to the cross. Now, this was God's plan all along, because Jesus was going to become God's sacrificial lamb to take away our sins. So in Acts chapter 2, when Peter made this abundantly clear to the people, you know, you've got this man's blood on your hands. They ask themselves, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then in verse 38, Peter gave them the answer that they were searching for, searching for and many people today are still searching for. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So we see then the completion of the promise that through Jesus, the sin of mankind could be, and if we are obedient, would be taken away. We continue to see in the early history of the church that this promise continued to unfold and develop and be revealed to people. And it is such a beautiful story as you read through the writings of Paul and Peter and John and James to see what they had to say. For example, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 6, Paul was writing to this young, growing, struggling church in Ephesus when he said, This mystery 
is that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Jesus Christ. Now, this is significant here. A lot of people don't realize it, but if you are not born of Jewish lineage or Jewish heritage, the Jews consider you to be a Gentile. And for a long time, they thought, well, you know, salvation through Jesus is only for the Jews. God made it abundantly clear in the early chapters of Acts, in both Acts chapter 8 and Acts chapter 10, that everyone was to be welcomed into the body of Christ if they chose to be obedient. In Acts chapter 8, we see the incredible story of the young man from Ethiopia who was taught by Philip after the Spirit of God told him to go and teach this man. And he was eager to find the truth because when Philip approached him and he asked him, do you understand what you read when he was reading from the old scriptures? He says, how could I except someone teach me? So Philip explained to him the gospel, and that resulted in the Ethiopian asking the question, what hinders me from being baptized when he saw the water that was near the chariot? And he and Philip both went down into the water, and that man was baptized. Later on in Acts chapter 10, there was an Italian man, a Gentile by the name of Cornelius, who had been offering up prayers to God. He was a believer in God. But he didn't know anything about Jesus Christ. So God did two incredible things there. He took this man that was not of Jewish lineage, and he put him together with Peter. But before God could do that, God made it clear to Peter the gospel is for everyone. He gave Peter a great vision there, and he used animals as symbolism, and he told Peter to go and eat. And Peter says, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to eat anything unclean. And God made this incredible, powerful declaration in Acts chapter 10, when he told Peter, he says, don't call anything unclean that I have made clean. So all of us can be made clean through the blood of Jesus Christ that is revealed to us through the gospel. And so we see this promise then coming to fruition for many, many people, thousands of people all over the known world at that time. For example, if we go back to Ephesians chapter 10, uh, chapter 3, and start reading in verse 10, we read, His intent, Jesus, was that now through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In him and through faith in him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. So Paul reveals to this early church here that God's plan, his eternal plan, was to save any of us and all of us that choose to turn to the gospel and believe in Jesus Christ and obey his teachings, that is where we would find the ability to have the sin removed that has separated mankind from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 20, Paul was showing that Jesus presents us, the church, to his Father when the time comes, and all things at that point will be done. We begin reading in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20, but Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who belong to him, then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Now, if you know anything about gardening, 
raising plants in a garden, raising fruit or vegetables, you know that the first fruits are those very early things that come out. If you're growing a tomato plant, you'll see these little bitty green brown orbs starting to sprout out from the plants. And if you see that at the right time and they look nice and healthy, that is a promise. That is a prediction. This plant is about to explode with fruit. And so that's why we call those early things the first fruit on a healthy plant. And Paul says we at his time, back then, for the first fruits through Jesus, and then all of this will be brought together to become the kingdom, and Jesus will present the kingdom, his body, his saved brothers and sisters, to God to reign with him. So the answer to the question is, how do we rem- remove the sin that has separated man from God? Is through Jesus Christ. Now the question we have to consider is, how has the pandemic affected many churches and members of the churches or people that were thinking about going to church? Well, many people uh, have found that it's difficult to go to church for them. Many people have gone from the attitude or the mindset of, well, you know, it's one of those things I need to get around to one of these days, to finding out, will I ever be able to go to church again and worship God? Illness, cancellations, schedule changes, they've all turned everything upside down. For example, stores and businesses closing Uh, has become routine. I can remember when nearly every Walmart store in the country stayed open 24 hours a day, and then all of a sudden we find ourselves finding out that it's only going to be open a few hours a day. And gradually, as the pandemic has lessened, many stores have gone back to their previous hours, but not all have. Many stores, restaurants, and businesses are still closed because of the pandemic. And so, if anything, the pandemic has taught us to not just assume that everything will always be the way it is, You can't take anything for granted anymore. In fact, once again, Paul was trying to teach this mindset to the early church. In Ephesians chapter 5, beginning in verse 15, he told these Christians, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. So even Paul, in the teachings to the church, was reminding them, Listen, folks, don't take anything for granted. Don't assume that one of these days you can get around to learning the gospel and figuring out what it means to become a Christian. You've got to do it when the opportunity presents itself to you. In fact, if you don't, there can be danger in continuing to put off and stall learning what God wants from you. In Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6, God was speaking to the nation of Israel when he said, My people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also reject you as my priest. Because you have ignored the law of your God, I will also ignore your children. Then he goes on in Hosea chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, to say, Put the trumpet to your lips. An eagle is over the house of the Lord, because the people have broken my covenant and rebelled against my law. Israel cries out to me, Our God, we acknowledge you. But Israel has rejected what is good. An enemy will pursue them. They set up kings without my consent. They choose princes without my approval. With their silver and gold, they make idols for themselves to their own destruction. Now, have you ever gone to a place where they've got a a representation of God made out of gold or silver or some kind of precious stones? This is people thinking, you know, we can make something with our hands, and that will represent God. That will be just as good as having real religion. Well, listen, folks, there's danger in that, and this is something that I hope the the pandemic becomes an opportunity for us to see that everything will not always be the way it it has been in the past. For example, in Genesis chapter 6, God said, 
that the earth was corrupt in his sight and was full of violence. God saw how corrupt the earth had become for all the people on earth had become corrupt in their ways. And in verse 13 of Genesis chapter 6, God said to Noah, I am going to put an end to all people. For the earth is filled with violence because of them. I am surely going to destroy both them and the earth. This is the foretelling of the coming flood. Now, it didn't happen right away. Most, uh, Noah kept preaching for 100 years while he was building the ark. But there came a time when God says, Noah, take you and your family and get in the ark. And God sealed the door shut. And everybody that was not inside or under God's umbrella of protection in that ark, perished on the face of the earth. We see the same thing happening many times in the New Testament and the early history of the church. For example, there was a king by the name of Agrippa who was taught, and he said to Paul when he was standing before him, he says, you know, go away. I may call you some other time to become a Christian, because the king was surprised that this lowly man was trying to teach him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he thought, well, I'm so important. I don't need this. And he put it off. And the truth is, we never hear about King Agrippa in the scriptures again after the account of being taught in the book of Acts. So he made the wrong decision. The people of Noah's time made the wrong decision. Now, by comparison, Paul, Peter, and many others in the early history of the church gave up so much in order to be close to God. And at the end of their lives, in their own ways, one way after another, they all came to the same conclusion. It was worth it. So the pandemic can become an opportunity for us to reassess and reexamine our lives and our relationship with God. And if you're doing that, if you've been thinking that, I hope you continue to pursue that avenue of thinking because this can become an opportunity for you to come back to God and be reunited with him through the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, what does all of this have to do with you and your relationship with God? Well, simply, your relationship to God isn't about what other people think or what society is deciding is relevant or politically correct at the time or this is what we think about God. It is about whether or not you choose to obey the gospel of Jesus Christ and what you think about the church and the kingdom of God after you have studied the scriptures. It is about you and the choices you make. In Acts chapter 5, beginning in verse 25, then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain of the guard went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. Now, the Sanhedrin was the ruling council of the Jewish nation at that time. They were the, the high people, and they were the ones that supposedly everybody was supposed to listen to. In verse 28, they said, we gave, they're talking to uh, the apostles that were brought before them, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name, he said, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. He said they knew what Peter proclaimed to people in Acts chapter 2, that this Jesus you killed, God has made both Lord and Savior. And they said, you're determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Then in verse 29, Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than man. This is an incredible truth that was revealed to us through the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 5, and it is still a relevant message for us today. We, you, 
are empowered by this new covenant, this new relationship with God through Jesus Christ to seek the truth and follow it once you find it, even if no one else around you chooses to do so. Paul wrote to the early church in Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. He says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have also always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So you see, if we decide to do what God wants us to do, even if everyone around us thinks it's a bad idea or disagrees with us, We are continuing to do what Paul told the Philippians to do, to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And if we choose to do that, God is working in us and through us in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, you remember Noah? We talked about him a few moments ago. People were warned for 100 years but chose to ignore the message of Noah. Jesus used the message of Noah and the example that Noah set in Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 36. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. He's talking about the second coming here in verse 36. Then in verse 37, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And then they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Now, Jesus is not saying this to scare us. He doesn't want to intimidate us. He doesn't want to obey through fear, but he wants us to obey through knowledge. You remember we read in Hosea a few moments ago when God told Israel, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, God has given us incredible knowledge through Jesus Christ to know the gospel of Jesus Christ, to know what we need to do. Many of you have started perhaps hearing The Word of God, and I hope that as you hear the Word of God, you will believe what you have been told, whether it's through me or Stevie or one of his guest preachers on the show, to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, not because of the the men that it comes from, but because it is the gospel, and you can read what we are preaching and teaching in the scriptures themselves. We read a moment ago in Romans 3.23 that we have all fallen and we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We need to repent of our sins. Second Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, Acts 2.38, Peter told the people there to do that. Acts 3 and verse 19 tells us over and over again, because we're all sinners, we all must repent of our sins. Confess that we believe that Jesus is the Christ. Jesus told us that anyone that confesses us before man, he will confess before the Father. Matthew chapter 10, verse 32 reminds us, 32 and 33 reminds us of the importance of confessing that we believe that Jesus is the Christ. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. You find what's written in the writings of Paul in Romans chapter 10. And Romans, Paul is writing to a group of Christians. Why does Paul need to tell Christians that they need to confess? Because they needed to remain faithful and continue confessing that they believe that Jesus was the Christ. And he was making this message clear to them in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. And then... And this is the part, this is the place that causes so many people to stumble. This is where they will stop. They do not want to accept the necessity, the importance, and the significance of baptism. We must be baptized. I read that to you a moment ago in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. Acts chapter 22 and verse 16 tells us the same thing. Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 21 that baptism is essential for our salvation. 
and then we continue to live faithfully unto death. I read to you a moment ago in Corinthians where Jesus will come again and take his family, his body, his kingdom, and present it to God like we would give a gift to someone we love. And the kingdom, the people that Jesus has saved through his blood, will dwell with Jesus and God in heaven forever. So I urge you, as you consider the gospel, the pandemic, and you, please don't miss this opportunity to become a child of God. Stevie, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your show. I'm going to turn the show back over to you now and sit back and listen to the rest of this wonderful program you're producing. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific need. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. These are announcements for the events and activities in the Churches of Christ. If you'd like to have your events and activities announced on this radio broadcast, you can contact me at Stevie B's Me Production Studio at 910-491-6405. Or send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com. Due to the coronavirus pandemic outbreak, I will not be making any public announcements until further notice regarding the public meetings or assemblies, but I will be making announcements about the events and activities that are happening on social media. The Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, has begun meeting again at their building for Sunday morning worship and Bible study. The worship starts at 10 a.m., and the Bible study starts at 11 a.m. after their worship service. But they still will be maintaining services as well on Zoom during those public assemblies. On Thursday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 9 p.m. Central Standard Time and 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, there will be a nationwide gospel call sponsored by the Church of Christ in Highland Heights from Houston, Texas. And the telephone number to this call is 857-216-6700. And the access code is 328497. This is a nationwide outreach to those who are not members of the Churches of Christ. And the speakers will be presenting a basic salvation message for them to learn what they must do in order to be saved, as well as information regarding the Churches of Christ. Also, this program is intended to edify and strengthen the faith of those who are Christians. On Tuesday evening, the Delcrest Church of Christ from San Antonio, Texas, presents the Women's Virtual Bible Class at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. And this class will be held on www.zoom.com. And the class ID number is 821-3692-8262. Daily at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time, the Ladies in Christ 
prayer line will be hosted by the Church of Christ in Lafayette, Louisiana, and the telephone number to this prayer line is 605-472-5203, and the access code is 514859. One of my co-hosts on the Gospel Light Radio Show that airs here on Blog Talk Radio on Thursday evening, his name is Steve Cordell. He has just written a new book entitled God, Grace, and You, and you can order this book from the 21st Century Christian Catalog. There will begin a spring-summer series every fourth Wednesday of the month at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And the, this will be a preacher panel discussion. Join Minister Michael Crusoe. He is the moderator of the series of discussions featuring seasoned preachers in the Brotherhood of the Church of Christ. And the topic of discussion will be expanding the role of women in Christian worship, a word from the Lord. And just a program reminder, Stevie B's Media Production Presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'll be hosting a live show, What a Word from the Lord radio show. And each week on this broadcast, I will be, I will have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be presenting a message from the Word of God. We also have the Community Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business owners and entrepreneurs who have products and services that they're offering to our communities. Also, I have three co-hosts on this show. Lou Gilbert, he's the evangelist for the Oakbrook Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And Shauna Otis, she's my newest co-host from the Grayway Church of Christ in Nashville, Tennessee. She has a ministry called the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour of Power that will air every third Tuesday of the month on this radio show. And also my newest co-host, Isa Mullins, he serves with the Helen Street Church of Christ here in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And on Thursday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. And I have eight co-hosts on that show who will be presenting lessons from the Word of God. Each week, I have two of my co-hosts on the air with me. I'm also taking a question from my shout-out platform on social media, Facebook. I'll be posing to one of my co-hosts on that live show as well. And on Friday night at my new time from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, Stevie B. Acapella Gospel Music Blast Radio Show. And on this radio show, I'm playing some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, the sweet sounds of voices. And we also have the Story Glory segment every first Friday of the month. We are interviewing the artists that we're playing on this radio show. And on this Friday night, on June the 4th, not this Friday night, on May the 28th, that'll be this Friday night, my special guest on that show will be Irvin C. Jackson. We'll be debuting two of his new singles on that radio show. I stand corrected. That show on Irvin, Irvin will not appear this Friday night. It'll be next Friday night on June the 4th. Uh, Irvin will be debuting two new singles on that radio show. And we're also doing a top 20 countdown show every third Friday of the month. I'm counting down my top 20 fellow gospel songs. And my next show will be on June the 
15th. Also, I'd like to give a shout-out to all of my sponsors. I have a new sponsorship manager. Her name is Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And if you would like to be a sponsor for any of these radio shows, just contact Michelle. Her number is 954-687-4705. And she's from Fort Lauderdale. So just contact her if you'd like to be a sponsor of any of, of these radio shows. I'd like to give a shout-out to all of my sponsors. I certainly appreciate those who are participating in this sponsorship program that we have. Sherwin Norwood from Chicago, Illinois, but that's the memorial Pruner, Director of Crematory Services out of DeSoto, Texas. Stanley uh, Phillips from Little Rock, Arkansas. And Cheryl Murat from Charlotte, North Carolina. Yvonne Blazing Cracker Gooch from Nashville, Tennessee. Melvin Jackson from High Point, North Carolina. Marquise Hallman from Charlotte, North Carolina. Stephanie Booker Wilson from Greensboro, North Carolina. Diversified Financial Network LLC out of Dallas, Texas. On his Mark and Charlotte Carroll. And Ordained Faith Publishing from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. The three E's of Stevie B's Media Production, it is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, we want to edify, we want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude our program announcements. So stay tuned for the Community Corner coming up next after the break. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm 
and I have a company. Uh, I'm the CEO of a wellness company called Network of Winners. And what we do uh, with their platform, we just offer uh, the community uh, natural means and ways to control uh, various health ailments, such as high blood pressure, diabetes, high cholesterol. Uh, there are a lot of people now going uh, holistic treatments for these particular ailments and and so um, that's what we offer uh, the, the other thing we offer is uh, I'm a trainer of home-based business owners uh, I train home-based owners how to operate a business from home and and that's especially uh, effective in the church uh, mm-hmm. I chose that avenue because many times they can't perform uh, effective and efficient ministry because we're tied down to our jobs and our employment many times. Right. And so, uh, yes, yeah, so I just teach, uh, especially Christians, uh, members of the body of Christ, uh, whatever their particular business might be, uh, I do training on how to run a home-based business. I've been doing it for 28 years now. Oh, wow. That's, that sounds interesting. Now, I want you to tell my listeners now how they can get in contact with you if they want to get involved in, with some of your services? Uh, yes, sir. I'll leave two numbers. Uh, my uh, personal number is area code 919-631-4518. And it's 919-631-4518. Or if, uh, I have a national line where they can call me at 1-800-588-1172. And it's 1-800-588-1172. Now, Kevin, I did want to ask you, do you conduct workshops for these uh, home-based businesses? Uh, yes, I do. Uh, normally, I conduct workshops by way of conference call. Uh, anyone who calls and if they want to sit their group up, uh, we do a conference call and um, we go through training and uh what we call helping them set up a, a daily method of operation, uh, which is uh, sometimes is very challenging for new home-based owners. Uh, they come from an environment where they've been used to someone regulating what to do, when to do it, how to do it, how long to do it, to now going into an environment where you pretty much have to, uh, I guess, discipline yourself uh, to carry out those activities. Right. So we talk a lot about that, how to set up a daily schedule to operate. Um, uh, the other big thing we do, I do a training on how to set appointments. Uh, uh, sometimes people have a hard time uh, getting the information out there. They have great information and great products and services, but they don't have the skill set on how to engage the marketplace so they'll be willing to sit down and listen to what they have to offer. And so I do a training on how to set appointments and that kind of thing. Hey, Kevin, how are you utilizing this technology since we've been going through this pandemic here this last year or so with the Zoom that's online? And are you utilizing it for your uh, business as well? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, what happened, uh, I've been doing this again for 28 years, and so uh, I teamed up with some business partners across the country uh about 30 years ago, and we saw that the marketplace was heading towards three particular trends. Uh, The first trend they were heading towards was online shopping. 
Mm-hmm. And so with what I do, I don't sell products and services. I just simply uh, help people to shop online for natural products and services. So that was the first trend. So I've been doing this for about 30 years now, just uh, what a lot of people were challenged to learn to do during the pandemic. Uh, our company had already been doing it. Right. And, uh, yeah, and the second trend was uh, just membership-based shopping. You know, uh, people are now getting memberships to join private shopping clubs to get better discounts and services. And then the third trend that we tapped into uh, about 30 years ago was this holistic uh, treatment for different ailments. And so uh, the pandemic has not posed much of a challenge. Uh, In fact, we've really thrived and prospered during the pandemic uh, because so many people came to us to learn uh, how to do what we've already been doing for 30 years. Wow. That's all right. Well, Kevin, I'm going to book you for my speaker schedule. I'll be in contact with you as far as your date, because I'd love to have you on the show and present a lesson. Yes, sir. I look forward to hearing you. Yes, sir. Yes, hey, I'd Kevin, be glad to. Thank you for sharing uh, your business with us here on the Community Corner. We certainly appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And, uh, Stevie, you know, we continue to pray for the ministry, do a wonderful job of, uh, getting the gospel out there and, and just uh, edifying the body of Christ. So we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. My co-host, Lou Gibbons, he's the evangelist for the Overbrook Park Church of Christ in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He'll be coming up next after the break. Stay tuned. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. It ain't easy. Sometimes it gets hard down here, Lord. Sometimes it gets rough, so rough, so rough. Sometimes it gets tough for me. Has anybody been lonely? Has anybody been sad, broken hearted and sad? Have you even been dead? Oh, you had to cry all night long. I know it's hard, but what you need to do. You need to wait. 
You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yes. Hello, am I on? Amen, 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 amen. Yes, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. What beautiful song that is, wait on the Lord. We are certainly encouraged to wait on the Lord. David said, wait, I say, on the Lord. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. The Bible still says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Has God been good to you today? Has God blessed your life today? Has God brought you from perhaps a mighty, mighty long way. We certainly ought to say so once again on tonight. I'm grateful for this opportunity once again to be on this wonderful show. What a word from uh, the Lord. Amen. And we're grateful for our illustrious host, our brother Stevie B. Uh, Stevie R. Butler, we're just grateful for his ministry uh, over this, these many years, uh, proclaiming uh, the word of God through uh, the preached word of God, as well as through song. We appreciate his programs uh, every week and every opportunity I have to speak on one of these programs. I'm just grateful uh, that he would include me as a co-host to this very uh, wonderful and informative uh, show and very relevant show. We appreciate all of the topics that uh, are highlighted during this particular uh, show. Again, as uh, Brother Butler said, I'm Brother Lee Gilbert, Laruna Gilbert from the Overbrook Park Church of Christ, uh, which meets uh, at 7630 Woodbine Avenue in the city of Philadelphia. That's the city of brotherly love, uh, Pennsylvania. And so we're just grateful to be here. We encourage you to come visit with us when we open up, uh, but we are also online. Uh, you can check us out on our Facebook page, the Overbrook Park Church of Christ, as well as our YouTube page, where there are many lessons like this and others uh, from our congregation. I want to go swiftly to our uh, topic and text tonight. I don't uh, anticipate being very long uh, this afternoon. I just want to share uh, a few words from the book of Numbers, chapter number 21. Numbers, chapter number 21, verses 4 through 9. And then we'll just take a text uh, from there. Uh, entitled Trouble in the Way. Trouble in the Way. Look at Numbers chapter number 21 and verses 4 through 9. The Bible reads, And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Sea of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore have ye brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And our soul loathed this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, 
and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it whole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he upheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Trouble in the way. Trouble in the way. Life can be full of trouble. On any particular day, there can be trouble, uh, marital trouble, relationship trouble, financial trouble, government trouble, neighborhood trouble. And the child of God is no stranger to trouble. For we know that the Bible says that the godly shall suffer persecution. So we're used to trouble in our way. But tonight I want to look at this topic from the standpoint of when uh, God requires something of us, and because of what he requires of us, we are troubled. And so thus the trouble in our way is are being bothered by uh, the things, the commands uh, of God. And it causes considerable stress when we are uh, faced with uh, choices that, uh, or decisions that must be made, but they're troublesome because uh, we just get tired or we just don't want to do what God would have us to do. Looking at the text this this evening, uh, the words here I need you to see, in verse number four, the Bible says, and they journeyed from Mount Hor by uh, the way of the Red Sea to compass or go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was, much discouraged because of the way. Discouraged because they had to go around. Discouraged because they had to go another way. Discouraged because uh, the way that God was sending them was not necessarily and primarily the way they desired and wanted to go. Understand that they were almost to the promised land. They were on the edge, if you will, of the promised land. Moses and Aaron had led them for some 40 years, almost now in, in the wilderness. And, and somehow from reading the text, they forgot just how good God had been to them. It's a shame when God's people, because of a discouragement, because of trouble, because uh, of, of our not doing what God would require us to do or God wants us to do, it's a shame how we treat God sometimes. It's a shame how we treat the man of God, how we treat the word of God after all that God has done for us. The Bible says uh, they were discouraged because of the way. Uh, you see, the Bible said they had to come past the land of Edom. They had to go around, go another uh, way. Uh, I don't have time to deal with 
all of that with Edom, but in chapter number uh, 20, uh, we find that Edom was their, uh, uh, their kin, if you will, descendants of Esau. Y'all know Jacob's twin brother. And, and as they were uh, leaving, as they were traveling to get to uh, this uh, promised land, this territory, they, they wanted to pass by uh, the land of Edom or go through the land of Edom, but uh, East Edom would not allow them to uh, pass through the land. Uh, and God allowed it. God wasn't upset with that. God did not attack them. God did not take their land. As a matter of fact, God promised that land to Esau uh, back in the early early time. And so uh, it was his sovereign will uh, to turn them back and go another way. It was God's doing that they would not go through this particular way and they would compass it, go around another way. It was God's doing and they this did not sit well with them. They did not like this. Uh, you know, sometimes God will not allow you to go where, when, and how you want. Y'all didn't hear what I said. I said, sometimes God will not allow you to go where you think it is you want to go. I seem to remember in the book of Acts chapter number 16, Acts chapter number 16, around verse number 6, uh, the Bible says, Now when they had gone throughout Phagira and the region of Galatia and were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia, uh, after <clears throat> they were come to Maesa, they essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Every once in a while, the, even the child of God, even the man of God, even the preacher of God wants to go in one direction, but God says, no, son, I need you to go in another uh, direction. You remember when uh, I believe it was Philip, Philip was preaching. Uh, he was preaching the gospel, I believe, in, in Samaria in Acts chapter uh, number eight in Acts chapter number nine. Acts chapter number eight, I believe it is, uh, with the with the eunuch, and he was preaching uh, the word of God, preaching powerfully uh, the word of God, and many folk were coming to the Lord, and they turned the city upside down, and there was joy in that city, and there will always be joy in the city when the word of God is being taught and preached, and the Bible says that in the midst of that of that Bible campaign, if you will, God told Philip to go down yonder, go down south uh, toward Gaza, and that's when he met that uh, eunuch. And so what I'm saying is that sometimes God may have you going in one direction. Our job is to go the way God would have us to go. And as we go on here tonight, why is that the case? Because our thoughts are not God's thoughts are not our thoughts. It says Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 and 9. God's thoughts are not your thoughts and your thoughts are not uh, God's thoughts. And so our dilemma many times is we get discouraged, we get troubled, we get impatient when things don't go our way. And it's a dangerous thing, you know, when trouble comes in our way, when discouragement uh, besets us. Uh, discouragement will do a few things uh, to you. Uh, discouragement will, look at the text, discouragement will make you speak unsoberly, number one. Uh, it will make you speak unsoberly. Soberly, if you don't get a handle on your trouble uh, or your discouragement, it will make you do some things. It will make you speak unsoberly. Uh, look at verse number five. The people, the people spake against God and against Moses. My, 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 that's not unsoberly. I don't know what is. After all God had done for them, after all Moses had done for them and leading them and crying for them and praying for them and pleading for them, they had the nerve 
they had the unmitigated gall to speak against uh, God. Don't you know what God has done for you tonight? Don't you know what God, how God brought you from perhaps a mighty, he did from a mighty long way? Don't you know when you were on your sick bed, God woke you up every day when we go to sleep and we are in a dead state, God wakes us up in the morning according to his will. Don't you know what God has done for you? So when you are in trouble, when you are discouraged many times, it will make you speak unsoberly. Not only that, it will make you act unseemingly, act unseemingly, act like you have no sense. And the Bible says there, uh, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? Uh, for there is no bread, uh, neither is there water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. This was the manna, the manna that God gave them to live off of all of these years. They were tired of what God gave them. Isn't that just like us sometimes? We get tired of what God has given us. Don't you know that that manna was what was keeping them alive every day? God provided this for them. Of course, God was the one that gave this to them and allowed them to stay alive. But this was this was God's uh, uh, providence for them. God was providing this food for them every day. And they had the gall, they had the nerve uh, to say, we loathe this stuff that God has given to us. Don't you know God God gives us uh, air every day. He gives, he puts breath in our lungs. He allows the blood to pump through our bodies for 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 and 90 and sometimes 100 years. And it's the same old blood. It's the same old air. It's the same old food that we've been eating for year after year after year. And some of us want something special all of the time. We want filet mignon all of the time. We want shrimp and lobster all of the time and steak all of the time. No, sometimes you just need a piece of bread and some water if it was given to you by God to keep you going. But these folk, again, they acted unseemingly. They said, my goodness, we're tired of this stuff that God has provided, God has given uh, to us. And then if you're not careful, uh, another thing that will happen, discourage will make you. Discourage may make you die untimely. Uh, uh Uh-huh, look at verse number six. The Bible here says again, and the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died because they turned their lips up to uh, uh, to uh, to allow to to curse God, if you will, because they shook an, an angry fist in the face of God, and God had had enough of that, and because of that. Uh, God gave them an untimely death. I think Paul says in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about uh, children obeying your parents in the Lord, for this is right, and honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, that your life may be lengthened on this earth. There's some truth. There's a lot of truth uh, to that. How many young people and how many older people are are not where they should be because did not uh, listen to mama and did not listen to grandmama, did not listen to their parents, did not honor their parents. And many of them are either in prison or in the jail or in the grave uh, right about now. And so I'm, that's why I'm saying, again, make sure that, again, you honor your mother, honor uh, your father, because when you are discouraged like these folk uh, here, when you allow this trouble to get in your way, when you allow trouble to get in your way, trouble's going to get in your way after all, after a while, but when you allow, when you bring trouble on yourself by not doing the will of God, by not following the word of God and the way of God, you may find your life ending 
prematurely. So those three things, uh, again, discouragement may make you speak unsoberly, act unseemingly, and die untiringly. You know, and so the, the whole idea here is that they could not accept God's lead and they could not acknowledge God's leader. That's in there. Don't have time to deal with all of that, but just remember that they could not accept God's lead and they did not and could not accept, acknowledge God's leader. But I want to, uh, for my remaining time, I, I want to bring out some parallels between uh, that time in history and the times in which we live today. Uh, and so as we look at this text, we see some striking parallels between the time in which they lived and the time that we live today, because there's still trouble in the way today. Of course, when reading the text, we find that the people complained. They were always complaining. They complained about no food at first. They complained about no water at one time. They're complaining now, again, about the water, no water, and, 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 and this food that God was giving them and God had continued to bless them with every day of their lives. They were complaining about the physical food, you know. But, you know, I've found that people even today, as we speak today, people are still complaining about not only the physical food, but the spiritual uh, food. Folks just don't want the word of God uh, anymore. Uh, look at Matthew chapter number 4. And verse number four, I believe it is, the Bible there says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. God gave us the word for a reason. God gave us the word of God uh, for a reason to help us grow, to help us uh, be stronger uh, and, and wiser in our lives, uh, and we need the word of God. So don't complain when the preacher man preaches the word of God uh, along uh, in the book of Second Corinthians, Second Thessalonians, chapter number two. Second Thessalonians, chapter number two. Look at verse number nine. Around there, the Bible says, "Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power and signs and lying wonders." And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, they perish. Why? Because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. People today are still complaining over the spiritual food, but the spiritual food is the food that God has so designed to save our lives. Look what David says in Psalm chapter number one. Psalm chapter number one, verse number one says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight uh, is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall, for the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind bloweth away. The ungodly, uh-huh, therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. And don't you know, my friends, again, God gave you uh, this word. God gave us this word, and we just don't live 
off of bread alone. We live off the word of God. Don't complain about the word of God, for it is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The people back then, when they complained about the food and God had had enough with them, God brought serpents uh, to bite them. And these serpents, they came out of everywhere. And God sent these serpents, and they were just biting the people and biting the people and biting the people. And the Bible says many of those people there of Israel died because of the bite of the serpent. How many of you all know today that there is still a serpent running rampant in our world today? We know him as Satan, and Satan continues to bite. He continues to have his influences on mankind and humankind uh, today. Uh, John chapter 8, verse number 44, I believe it is John uh, chapter number 8. And verse 44, uh, Jesus condemns uh, the people here. He says, ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. This old serpent called the devil today, he's just going around biting everybody. He's biting the men. He's biting the women. He's biting the little children. He's biting the politicians. He's biting, uh, he's biting the musicians. He's biting the actors. Everybody. He's even biting the children. So we have to make sure that we are not falling prey to what the devil's, the devil's influence of on our on our lives he even tried to bite a jesus if you will after jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness he went into the wilderness and he was tempted by the devil the devil tried to bite his heels tried to bite him uh you know uh and so what i'm saying is that even today again today the devil still tries to influence and still he's taking many of us out uh, of this life by his lies and his influence and but just like on that day, God told Moses to make a pole, make a pole, and the pole was uh, the remedy. Put the serpent, make a brass, a serpent, if you will, put it on a pole, wrap it on a pole, and that would be uh, the remedy. And all they had to do was look at the pole and they would live. You know, today that stands for a, a type of Christ. I think uh, Jesus was talking uh, to Nicodemus in John chapter number three, John chapter number three, verses 14 and 15. He says here, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, this is a type now, a type of Christ, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him or look to him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, then we go to John chapter number 12. It brings it home here. John chapter number 12 and around verse number 32, John 12 and verse number 32 of the Bible there says, and Jesus says, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. And so just like those folk in the wilderness, they had to look to that rod with the serpent on it. That was a type of Christ. And Christ says, just like Moses lifted up that serpent, the Son of Man has to be lifted up. And he said, I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so if they wanted to be saved back in Moses' day and Numbers, they had to look at that serpent, look up 
at the serpent. And today we have to look to Jesus because he is the author and the finisher of our uh, faith. And so back then there was only that one serpent. Now, uh, there, there wasn't many of these. There wasn't a, a, a pole over here and a pole over there and a pole over here and a pole on every corner. No, there was one pole for all of those thousands of people, one serpent on the pole uh, for many people. What am I talking about? Just like today, there is one church, amen, one church for all of the people. You mean to tell me, Brother Gibbard, all of those uh, people there uh, in that day, they had to watch, they had to look at one serpent? Yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. And so that means, again, uh, by type, that everybody today has to look to Christ, has to look to Jesus, has to look to his church, even Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number uh, 22, the Bible says, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And then Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 4, the Bible says, there is one body and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. Colossians chapter number one, verse number 18, the Bible says, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning of the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence to know. Matthew chapter 16, verse number 18, upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 47, there the Bible says, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to what? The church daily, such as should be saved. Just like there was one serpent in the wilderness for all of those people, today there's one church, and I believe we all can be a part of it for all of the people. You know, I think even back there in that day, uh, they had to spread the news. They had to spread the news. Even Moses and Aaron had to spread the news about how to be saved if they were bitten by the serpent. Can you imagine all of the people, thousands of people walking around in the camp and the serpents just biting folk? And somebody would say, my goodness, how in the world uh, do I get rid of this? Uh, how do I get better from this uh, bite? of this serpent and somebody had to tell them you have to look up to the serpent on the pole and so today we must spread the good news of salvation ladies and gentlemen boys and girls brothers and sisters folk are dying every day they're dying without hearing the gospel our job is to tell folk that jesus is the one uh, matthew mark chapter 16 Verse number 15, he said, he said unto them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Church, we have a job to do. We have to tell folk because folk are being bitten by this serpent, by the devil every single day. And folk are wondering how in the world must I get out of this mess that I'm in. The serpent is biting us. The serpent is taking our children in the street. The serpent is taking uh, our, our folk in government. The, 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 the uh, 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 serpent is taking even those of us our homes and in in the church for the bible says in romans chapter 10 we have to tell them romans chapter 10 verse number 13 for whosoever shall call upon the name of the lord shall 
be saved. But don't stop there. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Y'all don't hear me now. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. What am I saying, church? Folks, somebody's got to tell these folks. Somebody has got to shout from the rooftops, if you want to be saved, you've got to look up to Jesus and obey his will. Just like I'm sure they had to tell those folks, if you get bit by the serpent, look at that a pole right there with the serpent on it. And so, again, we have to let folks know that there is a remedy for the malady called sin. You know, and again, and, and the people back in, in those days, they weren't forced to look. A lot of folk died. Uh-huh. And I know there are always stubborn folk who just don't want to look, don't want to do what they're asked to do. They weren't compelled to look. They weren't forced to look. If you didn't want to look, you didn't have to look, you know. But, again, the same thing today. There are many folk in our world today who still will not look, who still will not uh, uh, want to be, will not look to what God says we must do in order to be saved. Again, you look at first, Second Thessalonians chapter 1 this time, Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 78, and he says, and unto to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, doing what? Taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of our Lord uh, Jesus Christ. I know there are folk even in this world who just don't want to hear uh, what God has to say. They don't want to hear the simple truth of what God has to say. Just like the folk back in Moses' day, they were not compelled. They were not forced to look. And many today still will not look to Jesus. But guess what? Their salvation, their soul is in their hand. Their soul uh, uh, is uh, their, their, their life. They're putting their life in their own hands, rather, and not in the hands of God. Amen. You don't want to be lost this afternoon. Look up uh, to Jesus. And so, again, uh, the people had to obey to be saved. Very simple. All they had to do was just look up and be saved. I think that's very simple. You know, God's commands are not very complicated. We want, we want things to be so complicated sometimes. Remember, it was Naaman, I think it was Naaman, when the man of God told Naaman, just go down there and wash in the muddy Jordan. Dip yourself in the muddy Jordan. He said, no, I thought he was going to come out and tell me to do some great and wonderful and powerful thing. And the man said, look, why don't you just do what the man says? And I'm saying tonight that it's very simple. We just have to do what God says. And this is true in so much even in, in the church work today, even when it comes to, uh, comes to uh, 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 setting up the church with uh, uh, leadership and, and things of, of, of that nature. It, it's very simple. God wants faithful men. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, uh, Paul told Timothy, commit these things to faithful men. That's what God is looking for, faithful men to do the will of God. You know, and that is, and faithful men just mean, you know, you know, being faithful to God, faithful to your family, you know, faithful 
faithful to the word of God, faithful to the work of God. Show up to church, amen, on time. And do what God, do what the man of God asks you uh, to do. But we want to do something, something great and something powerful. And no, no, just, just do something simple. Obey the simple word of God. This is very simple for them. All they had to do was just look up and be saved. And God wants no more from us today just to look to him and be saved and follow his will. Today, obedience is still necessary in all manners of our life. In the book of James, chapter number two, y'all know the story, James chapter number two, verse 14. What uh, it doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith say him? If a brother or a sister be naked and destitute daily in food, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace and be warm and be filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it have not works, is dead. Then we go, we drop down again to verse 26. You know the text here. Verse 26 says again, for the body without the spirit is dead. So faith without works is dead. It's very simple what God wants us to do. Again, John, look at John uh, chapter number 12, almost done. John uh, chapter number 12. Uh, John chapter number 12. Around verse number 43, John uh, chapter 12. And around verse number uh, 43 there the bible says says what the bible says again for they love the praise of men more than the praise of god you see they didn't want to obey the simple word of god jesus said again if any man hear my words and believe not i judge him not for i came not to judge the world but to save the world, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. He's just saying again, listen to and obey the simple word of God. In the book of Hebrews, chapter number 5, in verse number 9, in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 5, in verse number 9, the Bible says again, and being made perfect, he became the author of eternal faith unto, unto eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. God simply wants us to obey his word, follow his simple instructions. All we have to do is look to him and we can live. You know, and one, one more thing here. The Bible says back again in, in Numbers that many, much of the people of Israel died. Now, just because many of them died does not mean God's remedy was faulty. Huh? Just because men and women did not obey the law or they looked someplace else, we got a lot of folk today looking someplace else where they ought to be looking to Jesus, ought to be looking to God. They want to look someplace else. But just because they don't, that doesn't mean that God's remedy wasn't the right one. I, I like what Paul says in Romans chapter 3, in verse number 3, he says, For what if some did not believe, shall their unbelief make the faith of God without effect? He said, God forbid, let God be true, but every man a liar. And so what am I saying? I'm saying again, that just because some will not obey the word of God, 
Just because some will not listen to the word of God, it does not mean that it's not effective. And a lot of times when we preach the word of God and we preach the word of God and we teach classes or teach people to, to act right and do right, and some folks just are not going to do right. But that doesn't mean God's word is not right. God's word will always be right. Whether you believe it or not, it's right. Whether I believe it or not, the word of God is right. And so, my friends, our lesson was trouble in the way. Don't allow what God wants you to do to become the trouble that's in your way. In this life, there will be much trouble. There's trouble on every side. But don't allow the word of God to become your trouble. It's my prayer tonight, something I've said was helpful to you today. I encourage you to find the Church of Christ in your area. If you're here in Philadelphia, uh, the water is ready. We can baptize you even on tonight. Again, you come by hearing uh, the word of God, uh, believing the same word of God, repenting of your sins, uh, confessing Christ, and being baptized in water for the remission of your sins. You hear Romans 10, uh, 17, uh, you believe, amen. Mark 16, 16, uh, you repent of your sins. Luke 13, 3 and 5, you confess Christ. Matthew 10, uh, 32 and 33, and you're baptized in water for the remission, the removal, the stripping away of your sins. Acts 2, 38, uh, Matthew, uh, at Mark 15, 16, uh, and 15 and 16. And, and so we have to understand that God has a process. God has a way of getting into Christ. And don't let that trouble you as well. Don't let that become the trouble in your way. Be like that eunuch in Acts chapter 8. After he heard Philip, after Philip preached unto him, Jesus started where he was and preached unto him, Jesus, they came to a certain water. And the eunuch said, see, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? Philip said, you can if you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he said, I believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. My friends, it's my prayer that something, again, has been encouraging and will help you not to allow the things that God would have you to do become the trouble in your way. We love you. We thank you. We bid you now to the hands of our great host and brother. God bless you. May he bless you real good. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Oh, 
from the Lord Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us this evening in a study of God's Word. I want to thank both my speakers on the show tonight, Joe Wiggins and my co-host Lou Gilbert, both did an outstanding job 
on this broadcast tonight. Certainly appreciate their efforts. And my special guest in the community corner, Kevin Moore. Looking forward to having Kevin uh, preach the gospel on this broadcast as well. I just looked at my schedule. We booked out pretty far here. Uh, Lord say so in the year 2023, we'll have Kevin on this broadcast. I appreciate everyone who participated on the show this evening. What a blessing it is to be able to put a, this type of broadcast on during the week. We want to keep our, the, the, the people of God encouraged even during the week because we know these are trying times in which we live. It is my prayer that the lessons this evening have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and the relationship, and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning into this broadcast, but you're giving yourself over to a study of God's Word. So until we meet again, I pray God's continual blessings upon your lives and that he bless you real, real good. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. And on behalf of my co-hosts, Isom Mullins, Shauna Otis, and Lou Gilbert, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Our heart's desires must face the winds of doubt Expecting things from above and wanting First, the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Keep you from going away when he comes back.
Listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. You've been listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show, episode 198. Flowing down the river of life.